All right, hello, Two Rivers uh, community. Uh, Jason and Connor here uh, at the office on Saturday, March the 14th, and we're providing this audio or this video uh, for our church family. Uh, whether you are uh, gathered in smaller communities uh, or listening at home, uh, either way, we are the church uh, gathered today under the name of Jesus. Uh, so let's be sure to stand on the truth of his promises and receive the strength and the hope and the peace that his presence and his word gives us uh, in our lives. Uh, obviously, with so much uncertainty right now surrounding the coronavirus, both here at home and around the globe, people are rightfully so uh, uneasy and anxious, and some of you are probably there as well. So I want to encourage us to be today to be people of faith, to be strong and courageous, knowing that Jesus has promised that he is always with us. And as his word instructs us, we are to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. That's 1 Peter 5, 7. So Connor and I here at the office, we're uh, going to offer kind of more of a podcast type of uh, conversational uh, format uh, as we continue uh, our journey uh, in the Gospel of Mark. So if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn to uh, Mark chapter 8, uh, and I'm going to ask Connor to uh, read the initial passage. We're going to start in verse 34, so this is Mark eight thirty-four through uh, verse 1 of chapter 9. So if Connor, if you'd go ahead and read that for us. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if any would, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. So again, that was Mark 8, uh, verse 34 through 9-1. Obviously, some very uh, direct and assertive words uh, from Jesus about trust, about faith, about a belief. Uh, what I want to do is highlight um, verse 34, specifically uh, the phrase, if anyone would come after me, let them deny, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Here's a question for you. I'm wondering how many of you watching or listening have understood uh, this verse uh, through more of a lens of behavior modification, more of a lens through, uh, boy, that's heavy. That's something uh, weighty for me to carry for me uh, to do. Connor, I'm wondering how you may have understood that uh, verse historically or heard that taught before. Yeah, I've, uh, I mean, growing up, I've heard it taught a few different ways. Um, it's definitely been times in certain places where it's been taught as a burden of suffering and of, you know, to uh, to go and deny yourself to the point of, you know, um, behavior modification and things that are not healthy and, and to see yourself as somebody who, 
needs to be in constant suffering and in constant pain and um, and almost like we need to live our entire lives um, as Christ did on the cross, mm-hmm. but for the entirety of our lives. Right. Like that, that one afternoon of Christ's life needs to be how we live out yeah. every second of our lives in, yeah. in, um, in this suffering unto righteousness. Yeah, perhaps the, the message some of you, perhaps most of you heard was, uh, in order to follow Jesus, uh, you need to lock some things down. Uh, and you need to pick up that big heavy cross uh, because following Jesus is difficult and serious and heavy. Uh, what I want to do with this passage today is I want to equip us uh, to ask this question uh, when we come to a text like this or any text that um, makes us feel like we need to put the emphasis on ourselves and on what we're doing as opposed to what Jesus has already done for us. And so uh, the question that I want to pose here at the beginning before we get into this is, what does this verse mean through the lens of Jesus's grace and his liberating freedom? Because I think that so many people miss the liberating beauty of this statement uh, because we don't rightly understand it through the lens of grace. We come to it through the lens of behavior modification. So uh, three points here just to get started. A first thing I want to do is let me let me remind you of Jesus's words in Matthew 11. I want to I want to look at Mark 8:34 and compare it to Matthew 11 when Jesus said, "Come to me, all you are, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." So, Connor, when you hear that verse compared to 834, does it feel and seem a little different? Certainly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it feels different. But Jesus said both things. He said Mark 834 and he said Matthew 11. And so uh, we need to understand Mark 834 in light of what Jesus also said in Matthew 11 because a scripture interprets scripture and it doesn't contradict itself. So that's the first point I want to make to help us understand this. The second is in addition to Matthew 11, let's contextually remember what Jesus had just taught at the beginning of Mark 7. Jesus goes toe-to-toe with the religious rule makers and the rule keepers, and he rebuked them for pressing their man-made traditions and rules on people. And what he emphasized in the beginning of Mark 7 is that what really matters is the heart. It, what really matters is what we believe, not outside-in cleansing. It was that passage where they were upset that his disciples weren't uh, washing with ceremonial hands. And so he rebukes them. Uh, for this idea of behavior modification, human rules. And so we have, we have the context of Matthew 11, and then we have the context, uh, the immediate context. Um, did I say Mark 11 or Matthew 11? I think I said Matthew 11. So we have that context, and we also have the Mark 7. And so do you think that when Jesus talks in Mark 8, 34, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me, do you think he could mean rules and behavior modification being emphasized right after he clearly speaks about the importance of our hearts in Mark chapter 7. So 
just contextually, context is king when we come to the scripture. So I just want to make sure that we're looking at Mark 7, that we're looking at things like Matthew 11 in light of uh, what feels like and seems like a heavy, serious passage that's focused on me and what I'm doing and to rightly understand it. Thirdly and lastly, uh, to help us understand Mark 8.34, what does Mark tell us right, literally right before it? And so uh, what I want to do and to help in helping us understand this as well is to bring uh, what Mark tells us right before uh, to help us understand, uh, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. So I'm going to ask Connor uh, to re- now read Mark 8, 22 to 33, the passage right before that, um, that verse, Mark eight thirty four. Okay. And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home, saying, Do not even enter the village. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist. And others say, Elijah. And others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about this. And he began to reach them that the Son of Man must suffer and many things be rejoiced by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Okay, so what I want us to do is to, if you'll think with me, uh, we are asking the question, what does Jesus mean when he says, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would be my disciple, if anybody would believe and follow me, uh, let them deny themselves, pick up their cross and follow me. Uh, And what I want to try to connect for us is the passage that Connor just read, Mark 8, 22 to 33. I want to I connect those narratives, three brief narratives, into um, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And so here's what I'm going to connect. The healing of the blind man, we're going to connect that story, that, that quick story there with Jesus saying deny yourself. Mm-hmm. And we're going to connect who do you say that I am and Peter saying, you are the Christ. We're going to connect that to pick up your cross. And then when Jesus rebukes Satan and says, get behind me, or where he rebukes Peter and mm-hmm. says, get behind me, Satan, uh, we're going to connect that to Jesus's exhortation to follow me. So uh, you got to think through this with me, but I think as we get through this, I, I, I hope I'm able to unpack this for you and help you see this maybe in a different way that we haven't seen this uh, passage before. So uh, first question, what does deny yourself mean? Um, culture, our culture that we live in, 
the world that we live in, the culture says, put the focus on, on you. Like mm -hmm. if you, if you want to, um, if you want to have an identity, if you want to find life, culture would say, put the focus on you, on your inside desires. That's where you're going to find your identity, mm -hmm. um, that your identity is found in the fulfillment of what's in your heart. Uh, but I think we've got to be humble and honest about uh, our hearts sometimes and our desires uh, because I think we can agree that the lies of the world and the enemy and the lies of our flesh uh, affect our heart's desires. Um, Jeremiah the prophet, Jeremiah 17, 9, said, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And so when culture says uh, that you find your identity in your heart's desires, I think, I think that should give us pause mm -hmm. um, in thinking about um, how we find our true identity. So the culture says put the focus on you, on your inside desires. Religion says put the focus on you, but on your outer behavior. So I'm hoping mm -hmm. you're tracking this. Culture says put the focus on you, on your inside desires. Religion says put the focus on you but on your outer behavior your identity is found in what you do so perform well mm -hmm. perform well um, the bible says the gospel says put the focus on jesus don't put it on you on your on your heart's desires don't put it on uh, how well you're performing which is what religion says the the bible the gospel says put the focus on jesus not on your behavior but on his behavior and on his desires for you to find the fulfillment of your identity. Hmm. The Bible teaches that our identity isn't found in what's in our hearts or how well we perform spiritually. The Bible teaches that our identity is found solely in Jesus. And so what I, what I believe uh, that, that this is saying, what, what Jesus is teaching here, when he says, deny yourself, He's saying this, don't look inside yourself, don't look inside your own heart and your own desires for your identity. Deny yourself, deny the culture's message that you find your identity in whatever your heart desires. Mm. I believe that Jesus, when he says deny yourself, he's also saying this, don't look outside yourself for your identity. Uh, deny religion's message that if you're going to have an identity, you better perform well spiritually. Instead, what I believe Jesus is teaching us here in light of the gospel is to look upon Jesus, deny yourself, and to look upon Jesus for your identity. That's the gospel message, mm. to deny yourself and to look to Jesus for your uh, identity. Now, the question some of you are probably asking, Connor, perhaps you're asking is, how in the world does this relate to the blind man hmm. uh, getting healed in the ancient city of Bethsaida, uh, which is, by the way, on the kind of the northern tip of Israel and the Sea of Galilee uh, as the Jordan flows down into the Sea of Galilee. So it's kind of right on the north side of the Sea of Galilee and it's where Jesus was uh, operating a ministry in this particular context. How does this relate to the blind man. Well, I'm glad, Connor, I'm glad you asked that question. I'm glad that some of you out there listening and watching are probably asking that question. Um, I, wanna, I wanna go back to Jeremiah 17. We just read Jeremiah 17, nine. Uh, let's read 
the two verses right before uh, verse 9. So, Connor, I'm going to give you my notes here. And so if you can read, uh, this is Jeremiah 17, 7, 7, and 8. These verses come right before Jeremiah says, uh, the heart is deceitful. Who can understand it? Here's what the prophet says in the two verses before that. He said, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green, and it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. All right, so here's the connection. Blessed is the man, blessed is the man, the woman, blessed is the person who trusts in the Lord or who puts their confidence in the Lord. And then it says in verse 8, he is like a tree planted by streams of water. Do you remember what the blind man, Connor, do you remember what when Jesus spit and he said something, he saw people and they look like what? Trees. They look like trees walking. Yeah. Okay. So we just read that in the passage Jeremiah, the prophet, is saying, blessed is the person who trusts in the Lord. You will be like what? Like a tree. Find your identity, put your trust, put your confidence, not in, not in yourself, not in your heart's desires, not in what religion tells you to find your identity in, but put your identity, put your foundation uh, in the Lord, and you will be like a tree planted by water. Now, again, the blind man in Mark 8, he said he saw people that look like trees walking, which is kind of like a C.S. Lewis. I think there was a C.S. Lewis yeah. movie. Do you remember the name of that movie? And the well, trees were walking. Yeah, it's in uh, Prince Caspian. Yeah, Caspian. The trees come out and they win the battle for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So they win the battle. They're operating in faith. They're following. They're putting their trust in Aslan, the great C.S. Lewis, uh, writing that um, that story in Prince Caspian. Um, and that's what the blind man Saw. So here's, here's what I'm inviting you to consider. The blind man wasn't not being healed when he told Jesus that he saw people who looked like trees walking. Here's, mm. here's, here's when, this for me is when the scriptures, when they come alive and it connects the old, uh, the old prophecies to what Jesus is saying. I actually literally have chills right now saying this because it just, it makes the, the, the words, it's just alive. The word is alive. And it connects, and Scripture interprets Scripture like we said before. So the blind man wasn't not being healed here. The blind man, hear this, was seeing in the spiritual before he was seeing in the natural. Hmm. He was prophetically seeing the fulfillment of Jeremiah's prophecy. Now, how does this connect to what Jesus is saying to us and deny yourself? Well, when people deny themselves and trust Jesus, there are trees walking. Mm. Deny yourself, I believe this is what Jesus is saying, to deny yourself simply means to trust in Jesus. Find your identity in Jesus. Believe, deny yourself, and believe upon Jesus. Denying yourself simply means putting your confidence in the Lord, and this is good news. Deny yourself doesn't mean you have to do the work. Deny yourself means just trust in the work that Jesus has done for you. It's a whole different lens of looking at it. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the good news. This is the liberating message of deny yourself. Deny yourself and look upon Jesus 
uh, and what he has done for us. And he's presenting the gospel. I think at the at the beginning um, uh, of the passage in the ESV, Jesus, it says, Jesus foretells his death and resurrection is kind of the title. Mm-hmm. That's not actually a Bible verse. It's just what the translators have given us. And so uh, Jesus is proclaiming the gospel to the disciples, and he starts by saying, deny yourself, trust in me, have confidence in me. So that, that's what I believe that means. Let's, let's, ask our, uh, the, let's ask the next question. What does pick up your cross mean? Mm. What does pick up your deny yourself means trust in Jesus. What does pick up your cross mean? Well, let's remember that Jesus hadn't yet picked up his own cross yet. Mm. You know, that, that hadn't happened yet. He's talking to his disciples. And so he's using this language that the disciples would have known because they were, uh, it was Roman government ruling them. Yeah, they'd seen people crucified. Yeah, they'd already seen people crucified. And Jesus is saying, pick up your cross, but he hadn't even picked up his own cross yet. Remember, he is, he is sharing, he's teaching the disciples the gospel mm-hmm. before he would actually go to the cross and resurrect himself. But he's, he's prophetically saying that he's going to do this in the text. Uh, but this teaching is before his own crucifixion, which makes me wonder what the disciples could have been thinking when he said, pick up your cross mm-hmm. in this moment. I mean, that certainly probably was confusing yeah. for them. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing here. I'm sure the disciples were like, well, why are you talking about picking up a Roman cross, much mm-hmm. less me picking up a Roman cross? Uh, are you, Jesus, are you talking about the cross that Romans kill people on? Um, pick, pick that up. And so I wrote in my notes here, I'm like, what the what? You yeah. know, what, what are you teaching us right now, Jesus? Like, deny yourself and pick up your cross. And I think if we could just pause here and just acknowledge this, deny yourself and take up your cross can feel so not grace, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It feels like what you said earlier, Connor, about like, it puts the emphasis on what you're supposed to do. Right. Um, do this do that, make the sacrifice, pick it up. Like you got me like that's, you got to pick it up. So, um, I just want to acknowledge that, uh, this would have been confusing for the disciples uh, to hear this. Um, let's come back to our question. When things in the Bible don't feel or seem like a message of grace, uh, what does this mean? Let's pause Uh, And ask the question, what does this mean through the lens of Jesus's grace and liberating freedom? Why do we do that? Well, because John 1 says, from the fullness of Christ, all of us have received grace upon grace. Paul tells us in Galatians 5, 1, Mm -hmm. it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. We've got to understand scripture with scripture. And so when it feels like or seems like a heavy yoke of law, Mm -hmm. let's just pull back and go, what's really going on here? How do we... How can we understand this through the lens of grace? Again, Jesus is preparing his disciples to understand his message and his mission all the way. Mm -hmm. He is prepping them for it um, all the way to the cross of grace. They needed to understand his message of grace and his mission of grace all the way to the cross of grace, all the way to his sacrifice for the sins of the world, which he talks about in this passage. Yeah. Um, and then Peter, and then Peter doesn't like it. At first, when Jesus says, um, uh, you are the Christ, um, 
yes, he is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. But when Jesus begins to talk about the mission of his grace all the way to the cross, um, Peter rebukes him. Mm-hmm. Peter rebukes Jesus for really sharing what the gospel is, his atoning sacrifice on the cross for the sins of the world. And then what does Jesus say? Connor, what does Jesus say there? So Peter rebukes him, and then Jesus immediately does what? He says, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So, so Peter is blinded in that moment to a revelation of the gospel of grace and what Jesus would do for the world. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking about the things of man, and, and Jesus offers this really direct and assertive statement, get behind me, Satan. Uh, why would he say that? I think because uh, Satan doesn't want us to trust in the sufficiency of the work of Jesus and the sufficiency of, of his grace and freedom, and so Jesus rebukes him. So pick up your grace. What, is, what does it mean? Deny yourself, trust in me, pick up the cross of grace. Don't set your mind on the things of man. Set your things, set your minds on the things of God. Pick up your cross. In other words, pick up, believe upon, pick up what I'm about to do for you. Hmm. I'm about to die for you. I'm about to raise again for you. Like pick up what I'm about to do for you. I want to remind you of what Paul tells us in Romans 5, 8. What is, what is the cross of grace? The cross of grace is this, Romans 5, 8. God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What I want you to pick up on in Romans 5, 8 is he says, God shows his love for us, that phrase for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us for for us to pick up the cross of grace is to understand and believe what Christ has done for for us for me for you for all of you who are listening uh, to this Uh, Jesus saying my cross is for you pick that up Hmm. like pick up believe on what I am about to do for you Luke says it this way in his gospel pick up your cross daily Hmm. Don't just pick it up once. Every day. Pick it up every day. Like receive the sufficiency of my work on the cross for you every single day because this is the message and this is the mission. This is the way. Mm -hmm. And this is what Jesus is telling the disciples here, and then Peter rebukes him for it. And then Jesus said, obviously, what he said, get behind me, say. So here's here's what I, I think it means to pick up your cross. Now, it doesn't mean for you to pick up some heavy load. Does it mean for you to pick up some heavy load? That's not what Jesus is saying here. Remember Matthew 11, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I don't believe that Jesus is saying pick up some big heavy load. And also newsflash, everyone. Jesus isn't on the cross anymore. Jesus isn't carrying his cross anymore either. Uh, he arose, hallelujah, he's alive. On the third day, he is alive. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. So here's what I believe this means, and I, I believe this with all my heart. To pick up your cross means to receive the work of Jesus for you on the cross. 
Who do you say that I am? You are the Christ. Yeah. That's picking up your cross. You are the Christ. You are the Savior. You are the restorer. You are the rescuer for my life. To pick up your cross simply means receive the work of grace on the cross of grace for you every single day. Mm. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Why your cross? I would remind you of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 when he says, My grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. So he says in Romans 5, God shows his own love for us, and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He says in 1 Corinthians 12, My grace is sufficient for you. So deny yourself, pick up your cross. Another way to understand this, trust me, trust me, put your confidence in me, and receive my grace for you. Trust my gracious work for you. Find your identity in me alone. And now that we've got that understood, Jesus says, and follow me because I am bringing you with me all the way. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you mm. always. So deny yourself, pick up your, your cross, and now, and now follow me. And we'll, we'll, we'll close here. Follow me in the gospel mission of grace. You are being called to take the message of deny yourself and pick up your cross everywhere. Know this, Satan is out to disrupt the mission by taking the focus off of grace and putting the responsibility on the shoulders of people. I think that's Mm. why Jesus was so strong with Peter that his focus wasn't on the things of God, it was on the things of man. Mm. And that's why Jesus was so strong in Peter's rebuke. So deny yourself, trust Jesus, and find your identity in him alone. Take up your cross, receive the work of grace on the cross for you. Follow me, you are called and empowered with the mission and the message of grace in Jesus. So I would say in closing, let's let's be trees walking. Mm. Let's be trees walking. Let's put our trust and let's put our confidence in the Lord. Let's deny ourselves and let's be trees walking, a people who are trusting in the Lord. Secondly, I would say let's be rooted in the cross. Let's be rooted in his grace for us. Let's pick up his cross for us and let's be rooted in that grace and in that love and in his work for us. And then lastly, let's follow him. Let's follow him uh, all the way. Uh, Let's follow him in his freedom. Let's follow him in his hope for us. Let's follow him in his peace for us. Let's follow him in his healing for us. Let's follow Jesus. When times are good, when times are hard, when, when, when times are really clear, but when also certainly also when times are uncertain in our lives like uh, the days we're living in today, regardless of where we are, Um, I would echo Jeremiah's call to us. Let us put our confidence and our trust in the Lord, the living God. So there's your teaching uh, for this week. Uh, God bless you all, Two Rivers Church family. Um, Thanks for listening in. Uh, We'll be doing this certainly for the next two weeks as well as we continue Mm -hmm. um, to follow uh, our local authorities and the wisdom of people with health organizations. in this season uh, in our country and in our world. 
God bless each one of you. May the grace of God and the peace of God carry you always. Amen. Amen. All right.